How's everybody doing today? And as always, who's excited to be here? Well, we want to welcome everybody to Hill Country Cowboy Church. I know we've got a, a, at least one new face, a couple new faces out here today. We're, uh, we're a small church with big heart for the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing here. So if we could, let's, uh, let's all stand up and go to prayer before we get started and start out with praise and worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house today. Lord, we, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Lord, we, we ask that you help us keep our hearts and our minds open. Fill us with the Holy Spirit that we can hear your words to know your way, not our own. Lord, please guide the pastor today. Fill him with the Spirit that we can hear because we know that our faith grows by hearing. And so we can hear the, hear the word today through him today. And Lord, we give you all the praise, all the glory. And Father, we love you and we need you. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name, the sun
Pastor Drybones, <laughs> he said uh, that one could never disappear, so we're going to play it again here. <laughs> Saturday was silent, surely it was through Since when has it possible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment, Sunday's empty tomb Since when has it possible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling this is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming down. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Pentecostal fire, stirring something new. You're not gonna run.
Keeping it going. All right. We keep the dry bones moving. All right. It takes a little bit to move in between here, but we've got one thing that we all should understand by now that we have one Father, we have one guide who has one spirit that he gave to us. And no matter what we see around us, no matter what we're going through, whatever our season in life is, we have a helper, we have a comforter, we have a father. And so let's run to the father. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm torn with the high, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So run to the Father. Again and again and again and again You saw my condition Had a plan from the start Your son for redemption Christ for my heart And I don't have a context For that kind of love I don't understand I can't comprehend All And I feel this rush 
deserves a better clap offering than that. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Mm -mm -mm, mm -mm -mm. The Holy Ghost is so good. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I'm glad you're here today. I tell you what, let's take about two minutes and let's go shake somebody's hand or give them a hug and tell them you're glad they're here today.
Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're watching my live stream this morning. You ought to be here. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. It's good to be in the house. Amen. For three of us anyway. I said it's good to be in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. You know what's so, so special about today? It's today. That's a good thing. Amen. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But it's also special because I, I just wanted to show this off to you. A very special friend of mine gave this to me Wednesday night. Amen. Hey, you want to find favor with your pastor, send me a card, handmade. <laughs> Amen. He says, uh, there you are right there. Come up here with Pastor. Amen. Hey, buddy. You want to tell everybody hello? Yes. Hello. Say, Amen. This is what our Sunday school department's all about right here. So I give y'all the credit. He says, I love Pastor. Because he talks about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I'm glad everyone's here today. Let me see if I can find good morning. Amen. Amen. She's extra glad to be here. Amen. Now I can see. Is everybody smiling? Everybody got the joy of the Lord in your heart? Better get a smile on your face then. It's hard to tell that lie if you're, if you're frowning. Yeah, I got joy. Get off my back. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome everyone to Hill Country Cowboy Church. But we want to offer a special welcome to any of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time at Hill Country Cowboy Church, if you would, raise your hand. Hold it up for just a moment until these guys can identify you. And uh, we will give you a card to fill out. Fill that card out and take it to Miss Lisa back in our welcome center after service on your way to the donuts and the coffee, and we'll have another little gift for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. And listen, if you want to help your pastor, eat those donuts before I get back there. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Men, come on back one more time. We're, going, we're trying to hurry. We're, how many of y'all are liking four songs? How many, how many, all right, hold it, keep holding your hands up because I'm going to ask you a question I want the same answer to. Uh, how many of you like us preaching until 12, 15, 12, 30? Amen. 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 All right, you can put your hands down. Praise God. Well, hopefully I'll turn you out before that. But you just never know. Hey, according to my notes, I'd get you out of there that time, but the Holy Ghost, he has to intervene every once in a while and Say what's on his mind. Amen. So we have a Holy Spirit and a Jesus box in the back. If you have any complaints about the preaching, just put your complaint in there. How about that? The box is still empty. <laughs> Amen. If you need to tie an offering envelope, if you would, raise your hand. 
Hallelujah. These guys will put one in that you could be turning in your Bibles to Psalm. Or let's do Proverbs 3 9. How about that one? Proverbs 3 9. Hallelujah. Men are going to come back one more time. We also believe in miracles, just like that last song said, that there's always at least one more miracle in the room. How many of you want to claim that miracle? Amen. How many of you know you're next in line for your miracle? How many of you know that the, the line with God runs this way? Not this way. Amen. It runs across. That means everybody has the next, their next place in line. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you need a prayer request card, which you can also turn into a praise report card, uh, raise your hand. These gentlemen will put one in it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everybody say, First fruits. How many of you know that's not leftovers? Honor the Lord with your first fruits of all your increase. Verse 10, so your barns will be filled with plenty. How many of you like plenty? And your vats will both overflow with the new wine of the Holy Spirit and all he has to offer you. Can you say amen? <clears throat> I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to tell you it's, a, it's scriptural to be a tither. Amen. And all those who tithe uh, out of their heart, not out of necessity, not because you think you're obligated to, but out of your heart will be blessed. Amen. I can guarantee you that. Amen. So let's stand to the Lord and give unto the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. If you have an offering, hold it in your hand. Not just hold your, your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend's hand. Your wife's hand. Amen. Just offer them up. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you with our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. Father, uh, thank you that you receive them and that you multiply them to the spreading of your gospel and multiply them, uh, the, the offering back into the household, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, according to their faith. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Always be uh, aware of the uh, monitors for the, uh, for the announcements. Amen. I do have one announcement to make because I do not want you to miss this one. I had, a, I had everybody raise their hand who got the announcements off the, off the monitors last week, and nobody raised their hand. That's not funny. Amen. So I want to remind you of this one. Coming up, we have market day. Many day, and many hands make a light load. Hey, I'm not going to let that one slip by. Well, we didn't see it on the monitor, Pastor. Not going to be an excuse. Amen? We have a great group of people that come out on market days. So uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Amen? What happens? She changed it? Yeah, there it is, Saturday market days. Oh, by the way, we need some help in the sound booth on AV. I'll look for somebody to come up to me after service and volunteer. 
Therefore, I don't have to bottle and toll to anybody. Make my life easier, praise God. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's release the kids for church. You ready to go to church? Well, go, girl. Amen. You better hurry. Stretch your hand out toward these young people. Heavenly Father, we thank you that these children are learning about Jesus. They get to have a great time, but the main thing is that they're coming out of that room back there with Jesus in their heart, Jesus in their mind, and they're going to live their lives out for him. We give you praise and glory for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the believers said amen. You don't, want, you don't have any, anything for me? Come on, girl. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Isn't she beautiful? Amen. Come Praise on God. Now. Well, uh, if I need to apologize to anyone or maybe explain my moment of uh, release was when uh, our lovely grandson and his precious little girlfriend came in and surprised us coming to church. I mean, such, y'all, I tell you what, never give up praying for your family. Amen. Never give up. I don't Amen. care if, if days, weeks, turns into years after years after years, never give up. Because according to Acts 16, 31, God promises Yes, our does. family, our household. And I don't care. They're still my household. I don't care how old they are. Right. They're still in our household and in our family because God gave them to us to steward and pour the word of God into them, the truth. And I know that the seed of the word of God is in them. Amen. In Jesus' name. And it's going to grow a garden. Amen. So now with all that, thank y'all for coming. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Can't even look at you right now. <laughs> y'all just don't know. Woo! Praise the Lord. Uh, if you saw, if you didn't see the uh, the message about the giving records this way, this year went out by email, and I just sent them out to the emails that we happen to have. Uh, if y'all didn't get it. Check your emails, maybe check junk, and then if you still didn't get it, let me know, and I'll, I'll print out another one. Um, and that's it, really. Is it? Okay, well, yeah. praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's be turning in our Bibles. Yeah, amen. Praise God. Does everybody have a Bible? If you don't have a Bible, I'm not trying to embarrass you. Just raise your hand. We'll give you one. Because we want everybody to have the Word of God in their hand. That way you don't have to rely on this preacher up here telling you the absolute truth, even though I will. Yeah. Amen. What I'm going to tell you comes right out of the Bible. But you'll not know that if you don't bring your Bible to church. All right. That's my scold for the day. Bring your Word. Amen. Don't leave home without it. How many of you people got your insurance card in your car? Yeah, yeah. Bible's more of an insurance policy, let me tell you. It's a full-blown policy. Not only get your fire insurance, but you get your life insurance. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's turn in our Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 11. 
Luke chapter 11. And I want to continue this morning, of course, with our teaching on prayer and what it means to have an effective prayer life. See, a lot of people are maybe praying, but are your prayers answered? And I don't mean no. You say, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. If you're asking that way, then he's telling you no all the time. You need to start asking a different way. How many of you know that? But I'm believing this teaching will not only reveal to you what prayer really is, but it's also going to help you and I to develop a fruitful prayer life. How many of you know, how many of you want fruit growing off your vines? Amen. You see, some of the things we'll be teaching over the next coming weeks, you may or may not have heard these before, but what I'm believing as your pastor is that you will receive revelation knowledge of what prayer really is and how important prayer is to you walking victorious in this life. Amen. I believe these teachings on prayer are going to revolutionize our walk with God. And I'm believing that if you'll apply these simple principles that I'm going to be sharing with you, that they will transform your prayer life. And uh, praying will be something you then you'll desire to do it. Praying will be something that you want to do all the time, not something you feel you're required to do. You know, the Bible we learned last week that Jesus says we ought to pray all day long. Well, how many of you know you can't do that? You can't stay on your knees all day long. Your boss ain't going to like it. Amen. If you get on your knees all day long, you might always go ahead and throw in a prayer for a new job because you're going to get fired. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's something you'll desire to do. Prayer will be something that you'll love to do, something that you look forward to doing because you're spending more time with your heavenly Father. So I'm believing as we get into this uh, that you'll begin seeing prayer in a whole different light. And you'll see it through the light of God's word. Can I get an amen? So let's begin here in Luke chapter 11. And of course, we used this last week. This is our foundation scripture. Luke chapter 11, verse number one. Luke 11, verse number one. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place uh, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Notice he he said, teach us to pray. That's very significant because it it means that there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. I said there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. Amen. And I believe most people, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but I mean I, I believe most people are praying wrong. Because they pray religiously. And their prayers aren't producing hardly any fruit. If your prayers are not producing fruit in your life, you are praying wrong. And I don't care what kind of church background you have. Amen? That's the truth of the Word of God. Jesus said, bear much fruit. He also said, you'll know know them by their fruit. Amen. That goes all the way through. It includes our prayer life. And I believe in most cases, 
uh, people aren't producing fruit because it's simply because they're approaching prayer in a wrong manner. So many people have made prayer or the act of prayer so religious. And when you make prayer religious, you've missed the whole uh, message. You've missed the whole point. Uh, when you make prayer religious, it's going to be dry. It's going to be monotonous. It's, and it'll be something that you really don't want to do. Why? Because it becomes a task. It becomes a task that you have to fit in to your already busy lifestyle. Somehow you got to fit it into your busy schedule. Somehow, some way, you got to fit prayer in somewhere because the pastor says you ought to be praying every day. No, Jesus said you ought to be praying every day. Amen? So you'll want to do it out of obedience to him. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. And in Matthew 6, Jesus is going to teach us something about prayer that I truly believe if you get a hold of it, that it's going to be very helpful to you. Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> verse number 5. This is very important. Remember, we just talked about uh, praying the wrong way. Jesus said in verse 5, he says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the what? Hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, turn your name and say he's talking about you, pay attention. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, in the secret place, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Verse number seven, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the, as the heathen do, for they think that uh, they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. Look at this. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. Underline that last sentence. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask it or ask him. Amen? We're going to be talking about that more in the future. So notice Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites are. You see, Jesus, and this is the thing about Jesus, and he knows just as much about you, okay? <clears throat> Jesus knew the heart behind their prayers. And we need to realize that. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. They think through long prayers and then being seen in prayer that their prayers will be answered. You see, back in those days, most religious leaders would gather people together. Listen to this. They would gather people together in certain places, and they would blow a horn announcing that they were fixing to start praying. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to be seen. In other words, they wanted to show out. They wanted to show off their praying abilities. They would wear their finest and most religious garments 
Some would even take their scriptures. If you've, if you've ever read about the Jewish people, they would take their scripture boxes and strap them to their forehead. That way people would know they knew the word of God. Amen. So all decked out in their religious garb, they would blow the horn and start praying so eloquently, praying with many words and even changing the tone of their voice to sound more pious. Oh, God. Spelled with two Ds. Oh, God, whom thou humble servant loves. Look down from thy holy mountain, from thy holy throne, and receive thou my humblest request, and helpest thou this unworthy people. Oh, God, have thou mercy on us. How many of you know that you don't have to change your tone to get God's attention? Amen. Amen. Am I making fun of that? Absolutely. Yes, I am. You know why? Because it's not right. It's not right, and it's not scriptural. For if anybody in here is praying like that, don't get offended. Amen. Just stop doing it. He calls those kind of people hypocrites. They want to be seen and heard in their prayers. You see, they were being very religious, and they wanted people to be seeing them. So they put on their uh, religious prayer exercise, speaking in vain repetitions, and Jesus says they did it for the wrong reasons. In other words, their heart was wrong. You know, I used to think long-winded prayers uh, that you're, you're, you would get quicker answers if you prayed long. Not that I did it. I ain't prayed that. I ain't prayed long in my life. Amen. And I don't even, I don't even time myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hallelujah. But I thought you had people who prayed long, longer would get their answers quicker. And I've even heard of people using clocks to time themselves to be sure they got an hour a day in. You know, I've heard preachers say, you need to be praying at least an hour a day. Amen? No, yeah, thanks for not saying amen. Praise God. <laughs> but they'll get a clock trying to time themselves, make sure they get their hour in. Uh, the only time I ever did that, it was like, really? It's only been five minutes? Come on, Lord. <laughs> amen. And to be honest, my, my, my praying wasn't really praying. It was just saying words and then watching the clock. People would start their prayer hour, but they're not really praying, they're complaining. Or better yet, they'll start reciting their need list to God. Like he don't know what I just told you to underline, that he already knows what they need. So they recite their need list just in case he might have missed something. Telling him every detail of every situation. Thinking if we spend an hour doing that, <coughs> excuse me, surely God will move on our behalf. Hallelujah. Jesus calls that type of praying. Vain repetitions and tells us 
unequivocally, don't do it like that. Don't pray like that. In other words, don't think Jesus hears you better just because of much speaking. And I ask you, please do not misunderstand me. There are going to be times when I go into fellowship with God privately where I spend more time with him. Uh, I spend more time in his word, meditating on his word. I spend more time talking to him about the things that I may be dealing with. But listen, it's never, 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 never a complaint session. I might have complained to God right after I got born again because I didn't know any better. And if you're complaining to God, it's because you don't know any better. But now you do. Amen. Amen. Matter of fact, here's what I want you to understand about prayer. What prayer really is. Are you ready for this? Prayer is relationship. Prayer isn't a one-hour exercise. It isn't a one-hour exercise done out of obedience, but not having any heart with it. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, is communion with the living God. Prayer is fellowship with the one that created you. It's not about trying to fit a little time in for God into your busy day and calling that prayer. When prayer and fellowship with God is to be an ongoing uh, thing in our lives. Can I get an amen? Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with you spending segmented time with your God. So I'm not diminishing that. What I am endeavoring to do this morning and last week and in the coming weeks is to elevate us to a point where we fellowship and commune with God all day long. Can you say amen? Hallelujah to Jesus. Think about that for a moment. Think about it as it pertains to a relationship. What if I told Miss Brenda, now listen, baby, I can only spend an hour a day with you, preferably between seven and eight. That's the only time I have for you to talk in fellowship with you. One hour a day between seven and eight a.m. is all you're going to get. So if you have anything else to do now, like go to the beauty shop, get your nails done, go shopping, whatever it is. You need to get that done when it ain't my time. Seven and eight's my time. Amen. Yeah, y'all hear it and y'all know where I'm going. I'm allotting you one hour, no more and no less. What kind of relationship do you think my bride and I would have if I limited our fellowship to one hour a day? Say that, girl. For all those who didn't hear it, she said, bye-bye. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you think about that now. What about those people who don't give God even an hour? But they expect God to be Johnny on the spot when they need him. Getting off quiet in God's house. What kind of relationship would we have? 
if I didn't give her but an hour a day or when I'm talking with her or I'm with her, all I talk about is what she needs to do for me. Uh-huh. How I many Christians, that's all they talk to God about. What, you, what can you do for me today, Lord? If all I talked about during that one hour is what she's do, not doing and what I think she should be doing or why it's taken her long, so long to do what I've asked her to do already. Where you at, God? I mean, I, I asked you yesterday, what's the holdup? Hmm. All I'm talking about during that one hour is everything she's not doing. If I'm treating my wife like that, how many of you know there's not really a close relationship there at all? You see, a relationship requires dialogue, not monologue. It requires a dialogue, talking back and forth, visiting with one another. Amen? <clears throat> not just me getting up there and telling her everything for an hour and then saying, thank you for your time. <clears throat> I'm out of here. But unfortunately, that's what many Christians do. They give God their best religious monologue in whatever time it is that they feel they have to allot to God, that they, the time they allot to give to him. And honestly, if that's how I really treated my wife, it wouldn't take long before our relationship would start breaking down. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, is communion with God. And I commune with God and fellowship with him just like I commune and fellowship with my wife all day long. Now, <clears throat> I may not talk to her all day, but I'm in her presence all day. Get a hold of that. I may not talk to her all day, but I'm in her presence all day. She may, not, she may be in a different room but I'm still in her presence. I may not be continuously talking to her during the day, but then every so often if I go into the kitchen or I go, go, go into the room that she's in and I just uh, point, make it a point to say, baby, I love you. Yeah. Baby, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for what you do for me. And then I get whatever I'm doing. I go back in the office. But you see what I mean? Just taking time out of our day to say something to our Heavenly Father. My point is that even though I may not talk to her all day long, I'm around her all day long. And what we need to do as Christians is we need to train ourselves to recognize and realize that God never leaves us. That he is ever-present he never leaves. How many of you know that? Amen. That's a twofold deal right there. When I got, first got born again and my flesh wasn't crucified, I didn't want to know God was with me all day. Amen. Because I was doing things that I, I knew I was doing wrong and I knew he wouldn't like. <laughs> Amen. But if it comes past that, it gets past that, guys. That's why we renew ourselves. That's why we renew our mind. That's why we crucify our flesh. So then later on in years, it becomes more of a loving relationship instead of 
I'm sorry, Lord, I did something. I did that again. And it's okay if you're doing that. Eventually, you need to stop. You need to repent like he tells you to. Amen? Amen. That was for somebody in here. Praise the Lord. But he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He doesn't just slip into our prayer closet for one hour and then just quietly slip out again until the next appointed time when you give him an hour. God is always with you. So you can have fellowship with him all throughout your day. My brothers and sisters, fellowship and communion with God, that is prayer. That's what prayer really is. It's not just heaping a bunch of words out there. Amen? Now, there are other other forms of prayer, other things we're going to be talking about. But the foundation of prayer is your relationship with the Lord Jesus. I told you last week, if you don't have much of a prayer life, it's because you don't have much of a relationship with him. Amen. SMOs don't have much of a relationship. Everybody know what an SMO is? Sunday morning only. Don't raise your hand if you're an SMO. Just repent. God wants you every day. I said God wants you every day. How many of you want God every day? Hello? Luke 6.38. You don't give him, he's not going to give you. He's there. He's wanting to give it to you. He's wanting to give you his glory. He's wanting to give you things. He's wanting to lead and guide you everywhere. But if you don't have time for him, guess what? You regulate his time with you. How many of you know that? You regulate his time with you. Not that he's not there. Amen. Fellowship and communion with God, that is prayer. So I pray and have fellowship and communion with God all day long. I'm sitting at my desk studying, and I simply say, Lord, I sure do love you. That's praying. Jason would be working on a car and just simply say, Lord, I appreciate what you've done for me. He's praying. Amen. Lord, I'm just so thankful. So thankful for my wife. So thankful for my life. So thankful for my kids. I'm making points. Amen. Come on with it. So thankful for my kids, my grandkids. My great-grandkids. I'm so thankful for my church, Lord. Lord, I'm especially thankful for all the loving people in the family you've given me as part of Hill Country Cowboy Church. Thank you, Lord. Then I may be outside. And I say, Lord, I'm just so grateful. Brendan and I have done this many times, just driving into our driveway. Lord, we're just so grateful that you gave us this house. We're just so grateful, Lord, that you're sending me somebody to clean off the rest of these cedars. <laughs> just so grateful, Lord. No, we're just so grateful that you provided a house for Brenda and I. We're so grateful that it's paid for. We're so grateful that the land taxes aren't near as high as they used to be. We're so grateful for your favor on our lives, Lord. You're so good to us. That's praying. Amen. 
He's telling me how awesome he is every once in a while. How many of you dads would love your son or your daughter to come up to you and say, hey, dad, man, you're just so awesome. Nobody? Nobody but me? Thank you, Ronnie. And I thought I was going to have to go back all the way to page one and bring y'all through that all over again. Hallelujah. We all want to hear praises from our kids. God is no different. Hallelujah. So what are we doing when we just say how awesome it is? We're praying. In other words, I'm, I'm just going through my day thanking him, praising him, worshiping him. And even though I may not speak, be speaking to him continuously, I am being continuously aware of his presence in my life. Being aware of his presence in your life. Do you know what Christians need the most? Most Christians, listen to me, need to get acquainted with their heavenly father. They don't even know who he is. He's out there somewhere. Ready to hit me when I do something wrong and praise me when I do something right. You've missed the message. He said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to make my home in them. I'm going to live in them. I'm going to be their dad and they're going to be my sons and daughters. Hallelujah. See, but they'll never know God the way they really want to if they only give him an hour a day. And the sad thing is there's too many Christians right now these days that don't even spend that much time with him. All they do is pray over the food. And they only do that if their kids are in the room. They're trying to teach their kids. Amen. Yeah, now it's getting quiet. I'm up on your street now. I just turned on your road, preaching in front of your house. And listen, I'm not being critical. I'm trying to help. My heart is to help people learn how to pray. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you and I just to add prayer to our already busy life. God wants our life, listen to me, to be a life of prayer. In other words, he wants you and I to be aware of his presence all day long. Our everyday lives centered around our fellowship with him, walking with him, talking with him, loving on him, treating God like he's the most important person in our lives because he really is. Amen. I could be driving my truck or you could be driving your truck. It's what we do as cowboys, right? Or Broncos. Joe could be driving his Bronco. Just him and the Lord. And Joe begins singing him a love song. Thank God nobody can hear it but God. But he starts, he begins singing to him a love song because He's always aware of that the presence of the Lord is with him. He's right there with us. Amen. Joe didn't leave him at home. God isn't home alone. He's right there in the truck with you. Matter of fact, he lives in you. If he lives in you, that means he goes everywhere you go. I'm going to say that again. 
If he's living in you, that means he goes everywhere you go. He hears everything you say. He sees everything you do. How would you talk to the Lord? Let me ask you, let me get serious again. Uh, how would you talk to the Lord if he was physically right here with you? How would you talk to him? Wouldn't you want to fellowship with him all day? I mean, everybody says they would, right? Wouldn't you want to just, if Jesus walked in this room, we would, we would have a line waiting to talk to him. Amen. You'd be like, Jesus, can we talk? Even those of us, my wife tells me this. She says, you hardly ever have any words. She says, most men only have five or six words. Hundred at the most. Women have 50,000 to say the same thing. Amen. So even us folks with very few words would be like chatterboxes if Jesus walked in the room. Wanting to have continuous fellowship with him. Praise God. Well, then go ahead and have fellowship with him because he's in you. Everybody right now say, hi, Lord. Hi, Lord. You're praying. You're recognizing him. Amen. He's in you all the time. It's called being aware of God's holy presence. You're standing at your sink washing dishes. Well, I don't know about the rest of you men, but I stand at my sink washing dishes. Amen. How many of you got a dishwasher? Brenda's got one too. Amen. Not Maytag. But he's better looking than that Maytag too. Amen. Amen. But you're standing at your sink washing dishes. You're outside working in the yard. You're in your shop working on your truck. You're on your job site building a house. Anywhere and everywhere you are, you're praising and worshiping the living God. Lord, I'm so thankful that you saved me. Lord, I'm so thankful that you're moving in my life. I'm so thankful, Lord, for where you brought me from and that old life I used to live. I'm so thankful, Father God, where you are taking me even today, me and my family. I love you, Father, and I love your son. And I love your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To see, that's what God wants, brother and sister. That's what he wants. God wants to be involved in our everyday life. He's not just wanting an hour a day from you. He wants all of you. And he wants all of me. Amen. So how about you and I? Wanting all of him. How about you and I learning how to walk with God and talk with God all throughout our day? How about us learning? How about you and I uh, being ever aware of God's presence, knowing that he's always with us? How about you and I thanking and praising God all throughout our day? Brothers and sisters, that's what prayer is. And I know that's the third time I've said it. So y'all to, to have that, right? Amen. There'll be a test. And again, I realize there will be times that you'll need to go into your prayer closet and pray more fervently. But for the most part, our prayer life 
consists of our daily fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? All right, let's look, in, uh, let's look at this in verse 9. And remember, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. Matthew 6, 9. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody knows this prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want you to notice and realize that the first thing is this is not. Everybody say is not. This is not a New Testament prayer. Why? Because the time period of this, this of Jesus, he was actually fulfilling the Old Testament. You got a hold of that? The Lord's Prayer is not a New Testament prayer. It's an Old Testament prayer. Actually, the New Testament didn't start until the church was formed in the book of Acts. It was, it was right after the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to give you a better covenant. And part of that new covenant, this isn't a prayer that was in that old covenant. He's giving them a prayer that was uh, from the Old Testament. Has everybody got that? That's significant that you understand that. See, Jesus told us in the new covenant, we're supposed to pray what? We're supposed to pray in the name of Jesus. But we're to pray to the Father, right? I don't pray to Jesus. I pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Get a hold of that. I don't pray to the Holy Spirit. I don't pray to any other person. I pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And I realize this is very basic teaching, but we need to understand these things because there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. Tell your neighbor, there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. Amen. Is there a scripture for that? Absolutely. More than one. I don't know how many we'll go through this morning, but let's hold your place there and turn over to John chapter number 16. John chapter 16. Say amen when you're there. John 16, verse number 23. He said, and in that day, <clears throat> this is Jesus talking, and in that day you will ask me nothing. For most assuredly I say to you that whatever you ask the who? The Father. The Father in my name, he will give you. Underline that in your Bible. This is where a lot of people go wrong. We're to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Amen? <clears throat> Verse number 24, he said, Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, you, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So we're asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, go back to John 14, or go over to 14, John 14, excuse me. John 14, a couple pages back. 
John 14, verse number 6. And for all of our visitors, I, I'm run, I run a lot of scriptures. Because I'm going to tell you what the book says. Amen? <clears throat> and this is Jesus talking again. Well, wait a minute. I didn't. Yeah, okay. He said in uh, John 14, verse number 6, look at this. He said, he said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now watch this. No one comes to the Father except what? Through him, through me. Now drop down to verse 13. John 14, 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will, not maybe, I will do it. Can I get an amen? amen. <clears throat> so Jesus told us back in John, uh, John chapter 16, in that day, what day is he talking about? He's talking about any day after his resurrection. In that day, in that day, he said, in that day, you'll ask anything in my name and it will be done. That was an excellent place for you to say amen. Right. Hallelujah. Now I go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting anything out of this this morning? Glory to God. I'm, I'm doing my best, Holy Ghost, to hurry. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Matthew 6. So what was Jesus saying here? He said in Matthew 6, 9, in this manner, underline that, in this manner, therefore pray. So this isn't a prayer that we're supposed to recite. We're to pray in the manner, right? right. Amen. So it's just a guideline. It's our guide to prayer. Why? Because as I said earlier, <clears throat> given the time period, this is an Old Testament prayer. So if we all we did all day long was recite this one prayer over and over and over and over and over again, of course, it's not going to do us any good. But then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing exactly what Jesus told us not to do. Vain repetitions. Are you hearing me? Amen. So we use this prayer as a guide. Hallelujah. This is our model of how we are to pray. For example, verse 9 says, <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name or your name. This represents us entering into the presence of Almighty God. <clears throat> and we will enter in with worship and praise. And we open up our prayer, <clears throat> not asking him for stuff, but praising his holy name. Praising him for who he is. Worshiping him for sending his son. Amen. But it represents us entering into God's presence with uh, praise and worship. And listen to me, thanksgiving. That's just how we are to approach our fellowship with God every day. Now, hold your place there and go over to Psalms 100. Psalms 100. I'm going to give you another scripture. The Bible says always confirm the word by two or three witnesses. <clears throat> Psalm 100, verse number four. 
Psalm 100, verse 4 says this. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his court with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his holy name. For the Lord God is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. So what's he saying? Let's go back over to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 9. He's saying when you come into God's presence with prayer, you're praying in the name of Jesus, yes. But you're coming into his presence with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Father, I praise you. Father, I worship you. Father, I'm so grateful for your word. I'm so thankful, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Father, I love you and I honor you. Father, thank you that your word is working in my life on a daily basis. Thank you that my, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Thank you for the crimson blood, Father, that washes my sin white as snow. Hallelujah. Father, I'm just so grateful that your presence in my, is in my life. So I honor you and I worship you and I give you my heart and my life forever and ever in Jesus' name. Simple prayer. How long did that take? A minute and a half? How many of you got a minute and a half for God? I'm not going to get into the part where God's a jealous God. But that's one of the reasons right there that most people ain't blessed because they're putting everything in front of him. Mm, hallelujah. Somebody by the internet say, preach it. <laughs> hallelujah. He said, come into his presence with thanksgiving. That's the way we were supposed to enter in. Amen. In other words, come into his presence with an attitude of gratitude in your heart and a praise on what? Your lips. Not in your head, but on your lips. You can't think of praise. Amen. All right. Let's move on. Then he says in verse 10, everybody say praise the Lord. Verse number 10, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So simply I would say, Lord, I love you. I thank you for all you're doing in my life, Lord. I thank you that according to Colossians 4.12, uh, that I stand perfect and complete in your, uh, your, your divine will and all the will of God. I thank you that your will is being done in my life, Lord. I honor you, I praise you, and I want your will to be completed in my life. In Jesus' name. You see, I'm not reciting the Lord's Prayer. I'm simply using it as a guide. Look at verse 11. Matthew 6, 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. This represents our trust in the Lord God. Amen? We trust Him for all of our daily needs. Thank you, Lord God, for Philippians 4, 19. This says, and my God shall supply all my need according to your riches and glory by one Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that you are my source. Thank you, Father God, that you are my supply. Thank you, Father God, that I have need of nothing because you supply it all. Hallelujah. 
Look at verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father, I just ask you to forgive. So there's forgiveness extended to all those who extend forgiveness to others. In other words, if I extend forgiveness to you, forgiveness is already extended to me. But if I don't extend forgiveness to you and I hold a grudge against you, what does the Bible say? I will not be forgiven. Not maybe. Not because I'm special. Not because I'm really good looking. You had an excellent opportunity to say, Amen, preach it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> but forgiveness is in available. Guess what? If forgiveness is available, that means repentance is also available. That when I know that I do something wrong, I've said something wrong. I need to repent. And forgiveness is available. Forgive us our debts. He's saying forgive us our, our debt to sin. Yeah. Amen. Not forgive them the debt that somebody may owe me some money. You can hold on to that if you want to. No, I'm just kidding. You can't either. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You know how to uh, keep from getting upset at people who... who uh, uh, owe you money? <laughs> Amen. Who said that? Amen. Add to it. Give it to them. Give it to them. Amen. You want to, you want to keep yourself from getting upset? Give them the money. Don't loan it to them. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Giving will get you given back to you. Loaning, you already have your reward because you're expecting that same amount back. Boy, that was a Holy Ghost moment right there. Hallelujah. Where are we at? Glory to God. Verse number 12. <clears throat> See, God extends forgiveness to those who repent. Right now, God may be dealing with you about something in your life, saying, you know something? You need to forgive that person. Amen. He may be dealing with somebody in this room right now. You need to forgive that person. As your pastor, I'm going to tell you one thing. Be obedient to the word. If God's dealing with you right now. Do not leave this room without going to the altar today. Amen. You can go to the altar right there where you're sitting. But in your prayer, at the end of this service, you need to ask God to forgive you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse number 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This speaks solely of God giving us his wisdom. The prayer in Ephesians, that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This speaks of him giving us wisdom and divine guidance, saying, and I would just pray, hey, Lord, I thank you today for your wisdom and your guidance. Lord, help me to recognize those things that may bring harm to me or my family and help me to stand, Father God, for what is biblically right and morally good. And then notice Jesus is closing. This ain't my closing, Jake, so don't get up. <clears throat> notice Jesus is closing. 
He says, for yours, talking about God, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Notice in my praying, this prayer I went through, even though I was using a guideline, notice in my praying, hallelujah, that I began with worship and I ended with worship. I began worshiping God and I end worshiping God. And then in the middle, guess what I do? I thank him. I bring an attitude of thanksgiving to him for thanking him for everything he's doing for me. And then he's okay. He says, ask and you'll receive, right? So then we can ask. We throw our needs in the middle of the, our worship. It's worship, all of our needs, talking with God, fellowshipping with God. He knows what you need in advance. Amen. But he don't mind you asking for it. Amen. He just don't want you to always just read your list off to him and then that's it. Amen. Hallelujah. But in the middle, I sandwich all my needs. But I sandwich them in with praise and thanksgiving. Can I get an amen? amen. And again, this is just a guideline on, on one type of prayer. There are many more that we can talk about, uh, and we will talk about some of them. But my point today is that one of the key elements to a successful prayer life is worship. Amen. You can begin your praise, uh, your, <clears throat> you can begin your uh, worship when you first wake up in the morning. When your eyes are just barely cracked open. Amen. And you can say, Lord, I love you. You can say, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to go through it rejoicing in you. You know what you're doing? You started your day off with prayer. That took all of about 35 seconds. Amen. You're already praying. You start getting ready for your day, and you're thanking God for his guidance and direction for that day. In other words, you're constantly being aware of God's presence. You're making your coffee. You're thinking about God. You're eating your breakfast. You're thinking about God. You're going to work. You're thinking about God. You're taking a break at work. You're thinking about God. You're driving home from work. You're thinking about God. In other words, your fellowship with God, you're fellowshipping with God all day long. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. It'd be just like you fellowshipping with your best friend. It'd be like me and Ronnie. I just pick Ronnie up here at the church, and me and Ronnie go through our day, and we, we just spend the whole day together. I spend the whole day with Ronnie, and during that day, we're talking about the Lord. We're talking about what he's doing in our lives. We're just praising the Lord, and we spend all day together. And then I let him off, and then what happens? I've spent all day with him in the presence of God Almighty. Well, God is no different. He wants John to spend all day with him, just like he's my best friend, because he is. And he's your best friend too. Why wouldn't you want to spend all day with your best friend? I know my wife's my next best friend, but God is number one. I told you last week that I know him better than I know her. Amen. Amen. I, I love him more than I love her. Let's just go ahead and get it straight. 
And if you don't love God more than you love uh, your spouse, you're in error. Amen. It's God first and then the family. Amen. God, spouse, family, church, job. Fivefold. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We do the same thing with God. Why not fellowship with him all day? Why aren't you? Or are you? Amen. Why not talk to him all day long? Why not brag on him all day long about what he's doing in your life? And I will close with this, brother. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. On the edge of your seat, ready to go. Amen. Listen to me. Jesus never meant for prayer to be a religious exercise. He never meant prayer to be something that you timed with an egg timer or an alarm clock to make sure you get your hour a day in. No, Jesus Christ meant for prayer to be communion and ongoing fellowship with a living God. And when you and I, my brothers and sisters, approach our prayer life in this manner, our relationship with God will grow exceedingly and our prayers will be more fruitful. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise. These preaching, these teaching messages are here to help us. I'm hoping you're getting some help. The only way the glory of God is going to fall in this church is if we come into one accord with how we're supposed to be praying. Amen? And the only way we can come into one accord on how we're supposed to be praying is if you get a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. Amen? I mean where you walk and talk with Him all day long. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. All right. I'm not going to preach on that anymore. Praise the Lord. Well, I am, but just not today. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's 11.59. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love y'all. Hallelujah. I love this family. You know, we never close out a service without... Uh, allowing everyone that's not only in this room but everyone watching by live stream everyone that may watch this uh, video later on today or tomorrow because it's on our website we never close out a service without giving every person an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ so with every head bowed and every eye closed If you are in this room today and you can honestly say, and God knows your heart, but you can honestly say that you need more of Jesus in your life and you want to surrender your heart to him this morning. If that's you, you're in this room or watching by live stream. If that's you, raise your hand and put it right back down. God sees those hands. Praise God. And he's going to meet you right where you're at.
The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you'll confess with your mouth and you'll believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son, that he died for you and on the third day he rose again. He said, if you believe that and confess it with your mouth, that you will be saved. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want everybody in this room and everybody that's watching by live stream this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten son, that he died and went to hell so I wouldn't have to. But praise God, on the third day, he rose again. And because he did, I now have favor. I now have grace. And right now, in Jesus' name, I'm saved. Hallelujah. You can raise your head and go to the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. There was a twofold reason. I told you in about the mid-service that if you had unforgiveness towards somebody in your life, don't matter who it is, that you need to let that go today. I'm going to tell you, if that, you're in here and you've not let forget unforgiveness go, or you're watching by live stream, the prayer you just prayed means absolutely nothing until you forgive. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Well, let's just, let's just take care of that. Lord just saying take care of that. So you don't have to bow your head. You don't have to close your eyes. You can look up. You can look around if you want to. And I want somebody in here to be bold enough to say, you know something? I'm the one that had unforgiveness in my heart. Anybody in here brave enough to say that? Amen. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. There's some other people in here. you just embarrassed to raise your hand because the person next to you made you say something. Let me tell you something. Now it's time to be bold. Amen. So all those, I'm gonna, okay, I'll let everybody close their eyes. And for all those who were afraid to raise their hand with somebody just looking at you, I want you to raise your hand now if you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I knew there was more. Let's all repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne and I lay all my unforgiveness out before you. Now, you don't have to say their name out loud, but I want you to think of their name in your heart and say, I forgive this person right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you forgive me in Jesus' name. Now everybody can say amen. Hallelujah. Well, we, amen. Glory to God. Give the Lord a clap offering. Listen, the Holy Ghost knows everything. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, we always close out our service saying what? We serve who? A miracle-working God, and you are always next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.